Welcome to the Padres Post Game Show on the Padres Radio Network. Coming up, we'll deliver a full recap of today's game with highlights. Plus, we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Bob Melvin. And we'll give you an update on scores from around Major League Baseball. The Padres Post Game Show starts now on the Padres Radio Network. Welcome into our post-game show on the Padres Radio Network. Final score in San Francisco, the Giants 4 and the Padres 2 as the Padres drop their third straight game to the Giants and now try to avoid a sweep tomorrow in San Francisco. Sam Levitt with you on our post-game coverage from inside our San Diego studios. Final totals for San Francisco, four runs, eight hits, no errors. And for San Diego, two runs, eight hits, and no errors. Padres drop to 35-39. and 39. Giants improved to 42 and 32 and we have a lot to discuss we'll go back to san francisco here from padres manager bob melvin coming up in just a little bit radio highlights for you break this whole thing down and there are really two things we have to discuss from this game number one the padres offense they hit into four double plays. They had the leadoff man on in each of the first six innings, did not score in any of those innings. They had the leadoff man on in seven of nine innings in this game and went a combined one for 12 with runners in scoring position. And that is really where the story begins here tonight. The same problems for the Padres offensively popping up again in what has turned into really a nightmarish series in San Francisco. And part of that is because of what happened in the fifth inning and the overturned call with Gary Sanchez, the blocking home plate violation. If you missed it, essentially uh, what happened was that Blake Sable was on second base. Giants had already taken a one nothing lead on a sack fly. Jock Peterson lines a single into right field. Fernando Tatis Jr. comes up throwing, throws to home plate. Great throw. The throw beat the runner Sable by... I'm not kidding, five to seven feet. Sanchez goes out to take the throw up the third baseline, applies the tag. He's out by a mile. Giants challenge it. And Gary Sanchez ultimately, after a five-minute review, is ruled to have blocked the lane to home plate. A blocking violation, a ridiculous call that uh, Jesse and Tony were talking about all night. Everybody's talking about it, and I'm sure you'll hear much more about it tomorrow, not just here in San Diego, but throughout Major League Baseball, really throughout the country. And that ended up totally changing the complexion of this game. Instead of a, a one nothing game, it was a 2 nothing game. And then back-to-back RBI singles for Mike Yastrzemski and J.D. Davis made it a 4 nothing game. And what do you know, the Padres end up scoring two runs, one in the seventh inning and one in the eighth inning. Should have been a 2-1 to lead, but instead they trailed 4-2. to Padres could not get anything in the ninth inning despite getting the tying run to home plate, and that was it. The Giants 4 and the Padres 2. So yes, we will talk plenty, and we will hear from Bob Melvin about that replay review, which was ridiculous. The rule, um, you know, I, I don't hate the rule to protect the catchers at home plate, keep everybody safe, but we are at a point in Major League Baseball where nobody understands the rule, and the calls being made both here tonight and in Chicago yesterday, if you saw that play with the Rangers and the White Sox, they're not being made in the spirit of the rule. And it just uh, an unbelievable wrong call 
uh, in New York. So tonight's game in part was decided from 3,000 miles away, which won't make you feel great. And we will talk plenty about it, discuss it, hear from Bob Melvin about it. We'll replay what Jesse and Tony had to say about it as well. But just uh, a ridiculous call uh, in this game. But again, if I'm picking headline one and headline two from a Padres perspective here tonight, to me, the call is headline number two. That's the subheadline. The main headline, Padres again, one for 12 with runners in scoring position. They had the leadoff man on six times to begin the game. The first six innings, seven times in nine innings, and they only scored two runs. A combined one for 12 with runners in scoring position, and on top of that, hit into four double plays. So, um, <laughs> whatever way you want to look at it, it was not a good night, and uh, it has been, I, I think you could argue, the most, the most frustrating series the Padres have had to this point this season. They could salvage the finale tomorrow, and on the other side, oh yeah, the Giants, they've won 10 in a row. They just find ways to win games, whether it's coming back or whether it's challenging calls and uh, getting lucky breaks. They are uh, doing everything right at this moment, the Giants have won 10 straight games. And again, the final score, Giants 4, Padres 2. We'll come back. We'll recap it. We will get to Bob Melvin, hear what he has to say about this game, about that controversial call on the replay review and much more. Back in a moment on our post-game show on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, the Giants 4 and the Padres 2 as the Giants win a third straight game. In this four-game series, another awfully frustrating night for the San Diego Padres. Here tonight, for a variety of reasons, the last couple of nights it was having a two-run lead entering the seventh inning. Bullpen unable to hold it. Certainly the offensive woes mixed in there as well. Here tonight, really about, like I said before the break, A, the offense, and B, the replay room in New York. And we will get to all of it. We will hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin coming up in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that. We uh, are very interested. I'm sure you're very interested to hear from Bob Melvin as well. Talk about not just the the replay, uh, which was ridiculous. I have no idea what catchers are supposed to do at plays at home plate, even on ones where the, the runner is out by five feet. Who knows? Just just don't do anything. If the ball doesn't come right to you, don't move, apparently. Insane. Anyway, I'm sure Bob Melvin will have plenty to say about that. He was ejected after that ruling was made from New York. And uh, we'll continue to break this one down. Might have some post-game reaction from the clubhouse coming your way as well. I will tell you, I'm sure a lot of you want to call in and uh, voice your frustration, maybe about the offense, maybe about the call at home plate. Um, right now, we don't think the phones, uh, the phone lines are working right now, and uh, our, our screens are showing up kind of weird here. And I'll tell you, I tried to call the the number. I'm not showing up, and uh, it doesn't appear to be working. So for now, I'm not sure we're going to be able to take phone calls here tonight. Sorry to, dis- uh, to disappoint you. Hopefully, uh, they're working by tomorrow morning, so you can call Ben and Woods and Coach and uh, Gwyn and Chris. But uh, we'll, we'll let you know if we have an update. But right now, I don't know that we're going to be able to take phone calls, and I, I promise I'm not making this up because we uh, don't want to hear from you on a night like this. Uh, I'm not making it up. Uh, I know there's a lot of frustration out there. I can send you a picture if you want. Uh, right now, it doesn't look normal, our screens, and uh, it's it's not working. And I would never lie about that for anybody out there. 
Okay. All right. Lots to get to. Let's recap this game with our game highlights. Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F-750s and motorhomes. Let's start with you, Darvish, in this game. He was cruising early on. Four scoreless innings to begin the night. Just an infield single and a walk. That was it. Not a runner on second base in the first four innings. Five strikeouts in his first four. Meanwhile, the Padres had all kinds of early chances in this game. They got two walks in the first inning, but didn't score, stranding a runner on second base. They got a leadoff single from Jake Cronenworth to begin the second, but stranded Jake at second base. They got a leadoff walk to start the third, but Juan Soto grounded into his second double play of the game to end the inning. They got a leadoff double for Manny Machado to start the fourth, but Machado was thrown out in an inning-ending double play, trying to get the third base on a ball caught in foul territory down the left field line by Michael Conforto. Not a great base running play at all for Manny Machado. In the fifth inning, a leadoff walk, a two-out single, but Fernando Tatis Jr. struck out to leave two on base. To that point, the Padres had had the leadoff man on in every inning. They were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position and a goose egg, a zero in the run column. In the bottom half, the Giants rallied. Luis Matos reached on his second infield single of the game. Blake Sable singled. David Villar walked. The bases loaded against Darvish. Nobody out. Brandon Crawford then hit a sack fly to left field. Giants led 1-0. Darvish struck out Casey, uh, Casey Schmidt for the second out. He was one out away from getting out of it with just that one run allowed. Jock Peterson then stepped in, and a lot happened. First pitch on the way to the left-handed batter. Hit hard on the ground through the right side and a base hit. Sable's rounding third. He's going to try and score on Tatis. Here's the throw to the plate. Up the line. He is out at home. Stop. Fernando gets another one. Sable trying to score from second base on a hard hit ball to right, and he wasn't even close. Fernando Tatis Jr., another outfield assist. Giants had the bases loaded. Nobody out. They get one. Head to the sixth inning. one nothing, San Francisco. And now out of the dugout comes Gabe Kapler. Looks like he may have a challenge here. San Francisco is challenging blocking on the plate. After a review, we've got a call of violation on the blocking. Wow. We want to score. Runners will end a second and third. Wow. Bob Melvin's going to get ejected here, I think. He is on the top step of the dugout screaming and yelling. They're saying, hey, Bob, you can't argue. And uh, they're giving him a little bit of leeway because I know they know it's uh, and he's been ejected and now he's going to come out and really get his money's worth. All right. So that was everything. The play, the throw by Fernando, which was great. And then the challenge, the replay and Bob Melvin getting ejected after the ruling. Great job there by Frank putting that all together for you. It was a terrible call from New York. And I don't know, maybe they're saying something different in San Francisco tonight. I don't see how that was overturned, how it's a blocking violation on Gary Sanchez. In my mind, and I'm sure everybody here in the 619 San Diego, a terrible call. It was 2 to nothing Giants after that overturned call. The inning then unraveled a little bit. Mike Yastrzemski, an RBI single. J.D. Davis, an RBI single. 4 nothing San Francisco. And again, 
The inning should have been over at one nothing. The Padres' offensive struggles didn't help. They got two on in the sixth inning with nobody out and didn't score. Padres still trailed 4 nothing, heading to the seventh. Hassan Kim was at first base with two men away. And Trent Grisham at the plate. The 3-2 pitch. And Grisham lines it into right center. That's a base hit. Kim rounding third. He's going to come in and score. Padres finally break through in the run column here in the seventh inning. 4-1 Giants as Trent Grisham reaches for the third time in three trips. An RBI single for the number nine hitter. So the Padres trailed 4-1 to one at the end of seven. Fast forward to the top of the eighth inning. Padres had another rally. Juan Soto singled, Manny Machado singled, but then a ground out by Xander Bogarts, got the runners to the second and third. Jake Cronenworth hit a sack fly to center. That made it 4-2. to two. Rugnet Odor, representing the tying run, popped out. He pinched it for Gary Sanchez. The inning was over. Padres trailed 4-2. to two. Good job by the Padres' bullpen. Brent Honeywell to score the seventh inning. Adrian Mahor... Uh, Morahone, a scoreless bottom of the eighth inning, in, inning in his season debut. We went to the ninth inning. Padres still trailing four to two against the very talented right-handed closer Camilo Doval. He faced Matt Carpenter, struck him out. Then Hassan Kim singled. Trent Grisham struck out. Kim went to second on defensive indifference. So the situation again, 4-2 to two Giants in front, ninth inning, two outs. Kim on second. Fernando Tatis Jr. at the plate representing the tying run. Here's the 1-1. Tatis swings, lines it up the middle, caught at second base by Schmidt, and the ball game is over. Giants have won 10 in a row for the first time since May of 2004 as they beat the Padres tonight 4-2 on a frustrating for very different reasons night here in San Francisco. A frustrating night in a number of different ways. No doubt about it. Well said by Jesse. Final Giants for Padres 2. Again, the Padres dropped to 35 and 39. Giants improved to 42 and 32. The Giants have won 10 consecutive games, 10 straight games. And what has become, it's not over. One more game tomorrow, early tomorrow at 1245. But it's become a pretty nightmarish series for the Padres, a series that we deemed a big one based on where the Padres are, where the Giants are. The Padres trying to keep momentum after winning three straight series. And uh, the last couple of nights, very frustrating because of not being able to hold late leads here tonight, really focused on the offense and focused on that replay room in New York. Sam Levitt with you here on our post-game show on the Padres Radio Network. Again, the final score, Giants 4, Padres 2. Much more to get to. We will hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin in just a little bit from San Francisco. And we'll also replay you what Jesse and Tony had to say uh, when the explanation came in from New York as to why that call was overturned at home plate, why there was a blocking violation on Gary Sanchez. So uh, we'll continue to break it all down. Full out-of-town scoreboard coming as well. Much more to get to on our post-game show as the Padres drop a third straight game in San Francisco. We continue in a moment on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, Giants 4, Padres 2. Another frustrating night for the Padres in San Francisco as they drop to four games below 500. Giants have won 10 in a row. 
And a lot to talk about from this game. We've already discussed uh, really the, the main themes and obviously the offense struggling the way they did really throughout the night. A major theme. Hitting to four double plays. They had the leadoff man on the first six innings. Didn't score a single run in those innings. Had the leadoff man on seven out of nine innings here tonight. And a combined one for 12 with runners in scoring position. And then, of course, the call uh, that everybody's talking about here tonight. Overturned at home plate on a great throw by Fernando Tatis Jr. But was not to be because Gary Sanchez, after the uh, the uh, Giants uh, challenged it, uh, ultimately was ruled to uh, have committed a uh, a violation uh, of the uh, home plate collision rule and uh, according and I'll read exactly uh, what the uh, replay official Marvin Hudson in New York exactly what uh, he wrote here he said after reviewing all relevant angles the replay official definitively determined that the catcher was in violation of the home plate collision rule the catcher's initial positioning was illegal and his subsequent actions while not in possession of the ball hindered and impeded the runner's path to home plate. That is why the call was overturned. The runner is safe. And again, when you read that and then you watch the play, and I'll tell you what, I went and looked at the high home angle of it, which just shows the entire field. Okay, there's no fancy TV stuff going on. It's just the entire field. Not only is Gary Sanchez set up in front of the plate when Fernando Tatis Jr. picks that ball up and releases it, He then, as the ball approaches the infield, moves to his left into that third base side, into that lane to go get the ball, which you are allowed to do. And on top of that, there is a subsequent line in the rule, if you go read it, that talks about, it essentially says if the runner is going to be out by a mile, then we kind of throw all this away. And the play at home plate was not going to be close. It was not close at all. He was out by five feet, six feet, seven feet. And I, I just don't see Jesse and Tony couldn't see. Nobody can see. And I'm sure Bob Melvin can't see how that was ruled uh, a violation on Gary Sanchez. So a lot to talk about with Bob Melvin, the offense, that call, the loss, what's going on right now. Let's hear from the skipper. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sinley Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sinley Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard, the Cook's Asian resource. Paul, does anyone have any idea what that rule is and when it should be applied? Uh, there's got to be some feel involved for something like that. It's an awful call and it had an impact on the game. From your viewpoint, why shouldn't it have been called uh, based on the fact the runner was out by so much? Or well, I think all the way around. The, the, the base runner's way down the line towards their dugout. At some point in time, you have to go get him. The throw took him up the line as well. Based on where he started, I, the, it looked like they showed the replay from where when the throw was always already on the way. And as a catcher, you have to have some feel for that. you got to also understand the impact and where the runner was. And it just to me was just one of the worst calls I've seen this year. Does it, you know, you guys, if it had all gone the same, you would have won two to one. You leave a lot of runners on base. You never know where the game's going to go, but at that point in time, it's one to nothing. Use out of the inning, and there aren't three more runs on the board. For me to understand, they don't have to award him that run. They overturn. Based on I think there's it's, it's, there's a lot of interpretation involved, and that's where the field, for me, the field becomes, you have to have some feel for that. It was an obvious play. It was an obvious out. 
Was there any explanation re no. related to you from New no. York? Earlier in the game, obviously Manny thought that he had seen the third baseman. Was Correct. Off. That's why he's trying to make an aggressive play and get there. Do you, you feel like that that was one of those where you, I mean, he obviously was trying to make something happen? Correct. If you guys were uh, maybe scoring more, is that another example of? Probably so. Okay. How do you find that kind of sweet spot of being aggressive but um, not running into his uh, That's a tough one, though. We, we've been really aggressive in our base running, and I think your instincts tell you the third baseman's going up you know, out to, for whatever reason, whether the pop-up or whatever, and he's trying to trying to make something happen. All right, so Bob Melvin saying, quote, one of the worst calls I've seen this year. You heard the frustration there from Bob Melvin uh, about uh, the overturned call at home plate. You also heard Bob Melvin asked about Manny Machado trying to make a play in the fourth inning on that ball in foul territory down the left field line that uh, he was thrown out at third base on. Now, you know, when you go back and look at it you, you you sort of understand what Manny was seeing that third base was vacated although I gotta tell you on the replay JD Davis never got that far away from third base uh to the point where I thought Manny would try to go Jesse and Tony wondered about this on the broadcast and uh, you know I, I feel the same way it was one of those moments where you felt like this team is trying to do a little too much and is feeling the pressure of What's going on right now offensively? Um, that was the sort of play, and, and we felt it here in the studio where you said, man, that's that's unlike Manny Machado. A, to to take that kind of risk, and and B, make that kind of base running blunder. Um, so that was a, a good example. And, and look, I'll be honest with you. I thought this game offensively here tonight, it was sort of like a microcosm of all the issues the Padres have had this year. One for 12 with runners in scoring position. Plenty of traffic on the bases. My goodness, they had the leadoff man on in each of the first six innings and didn't score in any of those. In seven out of nine in this game. Four double plays hit into. And even with the call at home plate, which Bob Melvin is absolutely right about, it completely changed the complexion of this game. And no doubt, that incorrect call, from the replay room, no doubt affected the outcome of this game. And I don't like to go, you know, rewrite history and say, oh, if this happened, then this will happen, because you just don't know how the game plays out. But if you just want to go on if that call is made properly and the Giants get one run in the fifth inning instead of four runs and the Padres score their same two runs, the Padres win this game two to one. It has a it had a massive, a massive impact on the outcome of this game. And by the way, the, the other thing I don't like about it, you Darvish has to stand around during that whole replay and then come back out. And what do you know? Back-to-back -back RBI singles. So, look, the, the replay review is not the only reason the Padres lost this game because at the end of the day, the Giants only scored four runs. The Padres, I'll tell you what, and we're going to talk more about them in a moment, but they went up against a guy in Sean Jelly who came in a 10-plus ERA in 10 appearances, and he went four scoreless innings. So, again, on a bullpen day for the Giants, who have won now two out of the three games in this series on bullpen days, I mean, Padres were unable to, to do anything against him. So, it was part of the reason, the call, but it was not the whole reason. And, again, I don't think it even was reason number one. So, 
Anyway, we'll continue to break it all down. Let's tell you, though, let's talk a little bit more about Jelly with our ace pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game. Brought to you by The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg. All your grilling and barbecue needs are inside The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Our ace pitcher of the game will go with Sean Jelly of the San Francisco Giants. Came in in the second on a bullpen day. For the San Francisco Giants, four scoreless innings. They weren't necessarily easy. He allowed the leadoff man on in each of the four, but ended up getting two big double plays in the inning, one in the third, one in the fourth inning, and did a really good job. Again, Jelly came in a 10-plus ERA in 10 appearances, and he stepped in here tonight for scoreless innings. And that has been a theme in this series for the Giants' bullpen. It was... Keaton win five innings, one run given up on Monday night. Tristan Beck yesterday, three scoreless innings. And here today, Sean Jelly with four scoreless innings. They have had one guy in each game deliver a terrific multi-inning performance to either keep him in the game or keep the game scoreless while they then take a lead. So the Giants bullpen has been great. It was one of my keys to the game. In fact... I don't even want to look at my keys to the game because it's going to bring up not-so-good stuff. We'll look at it on the other side of this break, but we'll talk about the keys to the game uh, in the context of this game here tonight. Full out-of-town scoreboard might also have some uh, additional audio coming from the clubhouse as well, so stay tuned for that. Again, the final score, and also on the other side of this break, we'll play you Jesse and Tony talking about the call at home plate because I thought they did a really good job. Uh, framing it and uh, talking about it, so we'll uh, we'll play that for you as well. Again, the final score: Giants four, Padres two. Post game show continues after this on the Padres Radio Network. Post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, Giants 4, Padres 2. The Padres lose a third consecutive game to the San Francisco Giants as the Giants now will aim for not just an 11th consecutive win tomorrow, but a four-game sweep of the Padres And what has not been a very good series for the San Diego Padres, to say the least. Walk-off losses on Monday and Tuesday, and then a, a game here today. Uh, where there were many issues, uh, whether you want to look at the offense, where the issues continued for double plays they hit into, had the leadoff man on seven times in the game, only scored in one of those innings, one for 12 with runners in scoring position. Xander Bogarts went 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position in this game. And uh, look, not a great night for the Padres. And uh, they find themselves now on June 21st, Longest day of the year, 35-39, and 39, and the gap widening between this team and uh, everybody else in the division, aside from the Colorado Rockies ahead of them. And in the wild card race, they enter today five games out, and it continues to not go well as uh, we edge towards the end of June and uh, soon will be in July. So uh, certainly a lot to continue discussing, uh, a big Talking point from this game, no doubt, the call at home plate, the call that was overturned. I'm sure you've seen it, heard it by now, uh, but uh, just a call that had a major, major impact on this ball game here tonight and really may have helped decide the game. Again, like I said before the break, 
It's not the reason Padres lost here tonight, but it certainly didn't help. Uh, Jesse Agler, Tony Gwynn Jr., uh, they received the email from MLB uh, during the game. And just to give you a little context, every time there's a replay, uh, we get an email from MLB where they explain uh, it's usually sent, uh, you know, shortly after the replay is done. We they, they explain why they made the call they did, so we all know. So you're going to hear Jesse and Tony here uh, read what that explanation was from the replay official in New York, Marvin Hudson. They're going to talk about it. Here were uh, Jesse and Tony talking about the review. After reading the supervisor explanation, as they call it, pitch outside one and one, I mean, it, it's false. Here's what was said. The catcher's initial positioning was illegal. First of all, that's not true. We watched it a thousand times. He was out in front of the home plate and in no way blocking the runner's path to the plate. So you start there. That's false. 1-1 pitch is a breaking ball strike, 1-2. and two. Beyond that, it continues. His subsequent actions, while not in possession of the ball, hindered and impeded the runner's path to home plate that is also untrue it's false it didn't happen that's not the reality of it after watching it as many times as we did hard hit ball up the middle on the ground into center for a base hit Juan Soto a leadoff single here in the sixth inning as the Padres a little fire underneath and they're going to try and get back in this game the throw brought him towards the third base line which is absolutely okay beyond that the runner was out by so much that he was never impeded in terms of getting to the plate because he was never close to getting to the plate. That, too, is part of the rule when it comes to the catcher's ability to block the plate or not. I honestly have to honestly wonder if he is actually watching the game and seeing the clips. First pitch to Manny, way high, ball one. Because, A, the same replay we saw showed Sanchez out in front of the plate. But more importantly, the throw, he doesn't move until the throw comes out of the hand and is clearly going up the line. One out of Machado inside, two and nothing from Rogers. So really, all three things written in the explanation are wrong. Objectively. Like you said, he saw something other than what actually occurred. And it is the second straight night. And again, if you're just joining us, that was not live. That was Jesse and Tony. Uh, uh, talking about the uh, the replay review and what the explanation was. And this is, ironically, the second consecutive night where there has been a major controversy over a call at home plate. It happened in the game yesterday in Chicago between the Rangers and the White Sox. It was a 6-6 game in the eighth inning. And similar situation where Jonah Heim, the Rangers catcher, tagged out Elvis Andrews uh, to keep the game tied. White Sox challenged it, and then it was called a blocking violation on Jonah Heim, the Rangers catcher. So very similar situation. If you caught any of the the talk about that today, most people couldn't understand that, and most people, I think, can't understand this. And what I just don't understand and what, what hurts are really two things for me on it. Number one, I don't know what a catcher is supposed to do anymore. What are they supposed to do? How are you supposed to play your position, feel the throw, make a tag? I mean, what what is Bob Melvin, a former catcher, by the way, what is he supposed to tell his players to do? I have no idea what a catcher is supposed to do anymore on plays at home plate. 
And the other part of it that I think hurts, aside from, you know, the, the rule saying that if it's not going to really be a close play at the plate, doesn't really all matter anyway, and the guy was out by, I don't know, five, six feet. It wasn't a close play. There really wasn't a very contested play at the plate. The other thing that, that just hurts about it is we have strayed so far from the spirit of the rule. The spirit of the rule is for player safety. The spirit of the rule is from that Buster Posey play a bunch of years ago where he got badly injured. And I think a lot of us looked at that play and looked at the injury and said, okay, let's create a rule to make things a little bit safer so we don't have these really horrible injuries and these collisions at home plate. I'm totally okay with that. But the way it's now being interpreted, and I don't know if it's more of it's just a badly written rule, but if it's that, if it's the way it's being interpreted, it's not in the spirit of the rule. The spirit of the rule is to prevent home plate collisions. That's what it's for. Not to decide the outcome of games on on ridiculous things, on a play where the guy was out by five feet. It's so far from the spirit of the rule, and that's the part I can't get over. I, I just... The idea that a game here tonight was decided 3,000 miles away, and again, it's not the reason the Padres lost, but it's one of them. The idea that the game was decided on that, partially decided on that. I mean, Jesse and Tony joked about it earlier. Were they watching the play? Did they did they watch the right game? I just, I don't get it. And I understand if you're super frustrated about it. So, again, you can interact with me tonight on Twitter, social media, 97.3 The Fan SD on Twitter, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V on Twitter. Instagram DMs open as well, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Might uh, read your message or your tweet here on the air. Again, our phone lines are not working, and I'm not lying to you because I know everybody would be frustrated for a variety of reasons here tonight. We are not lying, but they're they're not working they uh, we, we see something on our screens, both Frank and I, that says locked on the phone lines. And I'll tell you, I tried calling. Honestly, you're probably listening. Probably some of you tried calling. We didn't pick up, did we? That's because we can't see your phone call coming in. So hopefully that's fixed by the morning. It's uh, 1027, so I don't know that we have uh, immediate technical help on the way. Kind of on our uh, on our own here uh, when it gets a late night in the post game show, but that is the reason I don't think we're taking any phone calls here tonight due to uh, technical issues, and I'm sure they'll get it figured out uh, for tomorrow's shows. All right, we do have some post game audio to get to, so let's get to it. Here was a U Darvish along with uh, translator Shingo Hori inside the Padres clubhouse earlier today. Uh, interesting to hear from you for two reasons. Number one, he was pretty good in this game. I mean, if you take away the three runs that came in with and after the replay review and the overturn call, if you just take them away, it's six innings, one earned run given up. Instead, six innings, four earned runs given up. And he had to stand out there while the replay was review was going on. So let's hear from you, Darvish, inside the clubhouse. Dude, what was it like having to go back out there after thinking that that inning been over? Yeah, well, it's always the most challenging thing to say. It's the most challenging thing to say. It's the most challenging thing to say. Yeah, in a situation like that, I always uh, think that it's going to go against me. So, you know, I had that in mind, um, and um, I was just getting, I was just getting ready for, you know, facing the next two batters or, or the next batters. That said, you should have been out of that, and you end up giving a couple more hits. Did it have any effect on you? 
いや僕は全く同じように投げてるから、まあ、そのミスを相手がうまく打ったんだと、まあ、僕に特に影響は特になかったけど No, I mean, you know, my take is that it didn't affect me. Like, it didn't affect my pitches, it didn't affect how I pitch. You know, <coughs> excuse me, they just got to some of the balls, and、um, yeah, so,、uh, you know, from my end, you know, I was just pitching as I was before. Now, after the game, what do you make? I don't know if you've seen replays. What, what did you make of just them overturning that call? I don't know. So, yeah, I'm going to say, よくわからないので、うんまあ、あれだけやっぱりもう余裕でアウトだから、うんもうね、あのクロスプレーとか、ね、だとやっぱりそのあれだと思うけど、うん、全く走者に影響がないのにそうなったのはちょっと変だなと思います。Yeah, I mean, I can't really you know, make a statement about the rules, but you know, the, if you look at the play, it wasn't a very close play. It was, you know, the runner was away from the base pretty far. So, You know,、um, so maybe there can be some flexibility in, in those type of situations. What did you make of the way you just pitched overall? Did you feel like they, they just found holes for the most part, or you felt like you liked your pitches okay? Yeah, I'm going to look at the time of 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 the No, I like how my pitches were. I like how, my, how I pitched, you know. I think、uh, a lot of the pitches were working well. I mean, I think you guys may have seen it on TV as well. But, you know, if we go back to the fifth inning, I think some of the balls found some holes and, you know,、um, maybe there was some unlucky aspect to it.、Um, but overall, I felt like I pitched well. Does it feel like two starts in a row, kind of like that? Maybe tonight more than last one, but maybe you didn't give up four runs in, <laughs> in both of these games, or you might not have if for some better luck. Yeah. いやでもやっぱり入ってるのは入ってるから、うんまあ、ちゃんと自分の中であの何がダメだったかなんでそれを手を挙げてしまったかっていうのをちゃんと振り返って、まあ、次にそうしないようにします。All right, so that was you, Darvish, alongside translator Shingo Hori inside、uh, the Padres Clubhouse after this game. Again, the Giants win it 4-2 over the San Diego Padres. You heard、uh, you there talking about a number of different things about his outing, about dealing、uh, with the overturned call, and、uh, obviously a tough one for you. Uh, really could have been a much better outing. One of those outings where you're going to look at the final line one day, just、uh, scrolling through the season. Maybe you'll forget that、uh, three of the runs、uh, of the four that Darvish gave up came with and then after that overturned call. So certainly、uh, could have been a much, much different outing for you, Darvish. As we continue on our post game show, we may have some more audio、uh, coming from the clubhouse. So stay tuned for that. We're working on getting that for you. Let's、uh, knock out a couple of our、uh, nightly awards here. Let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. 
Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank. Providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit SanDiegoFoodBank.org. Our relief pitcher of the game. Now, let me be clear. You could very, very well go with Sean Jelly, who went four scoreless innings out of the Giants' bullpen. Was great. But we gave him ace pitcher of the game, and I got to go with another reliever for the Giants in this one. And it'll be Camilo Duvall, who came in in the ninth inning, gave up a one-out single to Hassan Kim, tying run at the plate in Fernando Tatis Jr. in the ninth inning. Tatis hit it hard but not to the right spot, caught by the second baseman, Casey Schmidt. And the inning was over, and the game was over. The rally was over. But, hey, anytime you have to face Fernando as the tying run, you get him and you end the game as Duvall picks up his 20th save of the year, I'm going to give you a relief pitcher of the game. So Camilo Duvall, who's had a great year for the San Francisco Giants, 20 saves now, our relief pitcher of the game. By the way, Fernando hit that ball at 100.7 miles an hour, but he hit it right at the second baseman, Casey Schmidt. All right, so that's our relief pitcher of the game. Let's tell you about our player of the game. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today. Well, our player of the game is tough. It really is, because on the offensive side for the Giants, it, it really wasn't any one particular hitter that stood out. But I guess I'll give it to... See, you could give it to Sean Jelly out of the bullpen. You really could, and maybe I'll just go with that. But offensively, and you have to look at the fifth inning if you're going to take a Giant... I mean, Matzo single, Sable single, VR walk, sack fly for Crawford, and then three straight RBI singles for Peterson, Yastrzemski, and Davis. So nobody really stands out among the rest. I'm going to give it to Sean Jelly. I mean, he was the, the best out of the bullpen for the Giants. Four scoreless innings came in with a 10-plus ERA. And I'll tell you what, that has been, for as much as the offensive struggles have been a huge issue in this series for the Padres, the, the call in the fifth in, inning, all of it, the bottom line is the Giants' bullpen has been really, really good. It's been really, really good. They've given up now. If you want to count, and again, it's a little bit weird because they've been bullpen games in total, but if you just want to talk about relievers, the Giants' bullpen has now given up only five runs in 20 innings in this series. And tonight's contestant for who could go the longest was Sean Jelly. Four innings. Everybody else went a single inning. So when you talk about shutting down the Padres offense, keeping them off the board, I'll go with Sean Jelly here tonight. And that's really a function of there not being one guy to pick for the Giants offense. But uh, I know I've talked about, uh, about him a lot, but Sean Jelly was really good. And again, the performances by Jelly, by Beck, and by Wynn in this series out of the bullpen for the Giants has played a major, major role. So 
That's the way we go with our player of the game. We'll come back out of town. Scoreboard, play of the game, home run tally. Got to get to that as well. And uh, may have some additional post-game audio coming from the clubhouse too. Final score again, Giants 4, Padres 2. Padres have lost three straight games in San Francisco. The Giants have won 10 in a row. They are absolutely rolling and quite simply one way or another, finding ways to win. Post-game show continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you in our San Diego studios. Final score, Giants 4 and the Padres 2 on another frustrating night for the San Diego Padres. Again, if you want to call in here tonight, unfortunately, the phone lines are not working for us. And we're not lying, we promise. Uh, we know, we know, right? Because we could say, we could say, ah, everybody's going to be really mad and frustrated. I don't know if I want to deal with that. I promise that's happening. If you think that out there, uh, I'm literally looking at a phone screen that says lock on every line. And I tried to call in myself before we came on. Not working. I'm not popping up on the screen. And trust me, if you call in, you pop up on my screen. And nothing's popping up. And no phone calls have popped up. And I can nearly guarantee after tonight's game that somebody's calling in. So uh, it's not uh, working right now. So if you want to communicate with me on uh, social media, 97.3 The Fan SD or Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Uh, the phone number to call. In fact, our uh, our great uh, studio coordinator, Frank Marchese, he's calling in real time right now. I can tell you he's got his iPhone in the air, and he's calling in seven seconds, eight seconds, nine seconds. I mean, should should answer by now. We should see it on our screen. Nothing. So it's not working. But you can uh, communicate me uh, with me on Twitter, Instagram, Sammy Lev on Instagram, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. We've got Devera on Instagram Said no words. That's it. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't blame you. Yeah, this was the kind of game that, for uh, a few different reasons, may have left you speechless. Can't blame you for that. Unfortunately for me, I can't be speechless. Got an hour to talk about every game. So uh, that's my job. 4-2. to two, Giants win it. The third straight win for the Giants in this series. Their 10th consecutive win. And by the way, the last time they won 10 in a row came in 2004. You know who was playing for the Giants in 2004? Barry Bonds. Last time the Giants won 10 in a row. Uh, I did hear some audio from the clubhouse from Manny Machado. uh, And uh, here's part of what he said. He said, quote, when you get thrown out by 20 feet, I don't know how you overturn that. He said later, I just think it's a ridiculous rule. Manny, I think that pretty much sums it up. The rule, the way it's interpreted, maybe the way it's even written, is uh, is ridiculous. Again, I said it earlier. I don't think the intent, the the reasoning behind why it went into place is ridiculous. I think player safety is important. But we've got to a point with it where, and I tweeted this out, Major League Baseball, after the last couple of nights, has to figure this out and figure it out quickly. I mean, this is impacting games, wins and losses. And guess what? One win, one loss, it can impact an entire season with good teams, teams that are in the playoff race. They've got to fix it because nobody gets it. How can you have a rule that nobody understands or understands how it should be interpreted? And I keep watching that replay. I I still don't understand it. I, I don't understand what Gary Sanchez is supposed to do. 
And like Bob Melvin said, I think you're you're looking at the the replay official to have a little feel. And and again, that's a major part of it. He was thrown out by so much. So we're basically just awarding awarding free runs. <laughs> I mean, the Giants didn't earn that run. He was out by five feet. It's one thing if it's a bang-bang play at home plate, but the entire point of that part of the rule where it's written, um, and I had the rule uh, pulled up earlier. Here, I'll read you that part that I, that I keep on referring to verbatim, MLB.com. Here it is. But per a September 2014 memorandum to the rule, the runner may still be called out if he was clearly beaten by the throw. Clearly beaten by the throw. Are you telling me that Blake Sable wasn't clearly beaten by the throw? Anyway, I think uh, that'll wrap up our talk on it tonight. What does it do, right? It's all done now. All right, let's uh, continue on our post-game show. Got a couple of nightly awards to give out out of town scoreboard. Let's uh, take a look at the home run tally, tell you who's gone deep tonight in the majors. Which players went deep tonight? This is our MLB Home Run Tally, presented by Mr. Moto Pizza, bringing back the old New York pizzeria experience with fresh, funky, thin crest gourmet pies and the original stuffed knots. With eight locations in San Diego, find your favorite at MrMotoPizza.com. Some of the players that went deep today in the major leagues. Justin Turner for the Red Sox, his 11th home run. Andrew Vaughn, his 11th for the White Sox. Josh Naylor, his 9th for Cleveland. Freddie Freeman for the Dodgers went deep, his 14th. Max Kepler, his 9th. Pete Alonso, his 23rd for the Mets, as uh, they uh, uh, lost earlier today in Houston. Anthony Volpe, Billy McKinney, Jake Bowers, all hit home runs for the Yankees today for Volpe, his 10th. Brian Noda's 8th home run for Oakland. Dylan Moore's 1st. For Seattle, for Texas, Jonah Heim, Ezekiel Duran both went yard. And for Washington, former Padres, C.J. Abrams had a home run as well. So we told you about the home run tally. Now let's take a deeper dive into those games as we take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard. Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the Out of Town Scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. A lot to tell you about. Every game has gotten final in the uh, major leagues. Here tonight, Rays beat the Orioles 7-2 in Tampa Bay. Blue Jays beat the Marlins 6-3. In Miami, Reds over the Rockies 5-3 in Cincinnati. Cubs beat the Pirates 8-3 in Pittsburgh. Tigers beat the Royals 9-4 in Detroit. Diamondbacks beat the Brewers 5-1 in Milwaukee. It was the Astros over the Mets earlier today, 10-8. Nationals beat the Cardinals 3-0 in D.C. Yankees over the Mariners 4-2 in New York. Guardians beat the A's 7-6 in Cleveland. Twins beat the Red Sox 5-4 in 10 in Minnesota. Rangers over the White Sox 6-3 in Chicago. Dodgers blanked the Angels for a second straight night, 2-0 in Anaheim. Freddie Freeman hit a home run in that game against Shohei Otani. And one postponement, Braves and the Phillies were rained out. They will make that up in September. And that's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard late on this Wednesday. All right, let's wrap things up, give you our play of the game. What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the play of the game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how. 
pitch on the way to the left-handed batter. Hit hard on the ground through the right side and a base hit. Sable's rounding third. He's going to try and score on Tatis. Here's the throw to the plate. Up the line. He is out at home. Stop. Fernando gets another one. Sable trying to score from second base on a hard hit ball to right, and he wasn't even close. Fernando Tatis Jr., another outfield assist. Giants had the bases loaded, nobody out. They get one. Head to the sixth inning. one nothing San Francisco. And now out of the dugout comes Gabe Kapler. Looks like he may have a challenge here. San Francisco is challenging blocking on the plate. After review, we've got a call a violation on the blocking. Wow. We want to score. Runners will end a second and third. Wow. Bob Melvin's going to get ejected here, I think. He is on the top step of the dugout screaming and yelling. They're saying, hey, Bob, you can't argue. And uh, they're giving him a little bit of leeway because I know they know it's uh, and he's been ejected. And now he's going to come out and really get his money's worth. Bob Melvin was ejected, certainly understood it. And that was our play of the game. <laughs> yeah, the RBI base hit by Jock Peterson, the throw by Fernando, the replay, the explanation, Jesse and Tony's reaction. It's our play of the game. I, I think I said uh, a few nights ago that we would try to save play of the game, even in a Padres loss for a Padres moment, give you something to smile about before we get off the air. Here tonight, number one, there wasn't much to smile about. And number two, it's got to be that moment because that moment changed the game. Again, went from a one-run inning into a two-run inning and then subsequently a four-run inning. And those were the only four runs the Giants scored. And the Padres scored two. So again, and I don't like to do this where you, you know, you you rewrite history in the game because I, I've just always been of the opinion that you can't say, oh, well, this happened. So if this didn't happen, oh, well, the game ends up like this. I just think, depending on the score, situation, base runners, all of it, you never know how things play out if things go differently. But if you want to take that view and just look at that inning, if that call is not overturned, it's a one-run inning. Padres scored two runs in the game. Giants never scored again. Padres win it 2-1. to one. So, I guess smile about that. Maybe for a night. Maybe you'll have dreams of the Padres winning this game 2-1. to one. Who knows? All right, uh, I'll uh, address uh, a tweet here in a moment because I, I just want to address it before we go. But first, a look at tomorrow. Blake Snell on the mound for the Padres. Alex Wood on the mound for the Giants. couple of left-handers going at it. Early start time tomorrow, 12.45 p.m. first pitch. We will have the Eco Water SoCal Padres pregame show at 11.45. So, again, 11.45 pregame, 12.45 tomorrow. Snell against Wood. A couple of southpaws going at it. Certainly us tomorrow. All right, so we have Il Diberto, uh on Twitter tweeting at me. Do you feel like the team could rally around this moment, the bad call, and get on a hot streak? I think so. Those are my hopes. Well, here's what I'll say, Ildeberto, is, you know, we've thought there have been moments this year that could rally this team. I don't know if something like a, a blown call and what happened in the fifth inning and Bob Melvin getting ejected – I don't know if it can rally this team. It didn't rally them enough here tonight to win this game and erase a four-run deficit. I'll say that. So I don't know because we've had moments this year, games this year, comebacks this year, series this year, where you felt like this team was on the precipice of really 
pushing forward. And every time they get back to that one game below 500 mark, they hit the ceiling. They can't get back to it. They can't get over 500 now since May. And I would love to say it will, but I think we're at the point now with the Padres, 35 and 39, where it's not about a moment. It's not about a call. It's not, I think, where you're looking for this one moment, this one thing that's going to be a spark. The bottom line is, and let's forget the call here tonight. We've talked plenty about it. The bottom line is the Padres, especially offensively, forgetting the last two nights with the bullpen, not being able to hold the lead. The Padres offensively have to be better than what they were tonight and what they've been this season. I'll read off the offensive issues again here tonight one more time because this is the story right now. The Padres had the leadoff man on six times in the first six innings of the game. They did not score in any of those innings. They had the leadoff man on seven out of nine innings and just got a run in one of those innings. They hit into four double plays. They went one for 12 with runners in scoring position. They faced a guy in Sean Jelly for four scoreless innings that came in with a 10-plus ERA. He's had some good outings, but there have been uh, a few outings where he's not been very good at all. And the Padres scored two runs. That's the bottom line. They've got to be better than that if this team is going to make the postseason, if they're going to get back over 500, all of it. They have the time to do it, but the, the gap, like I said earlier, is widening. In the division, in the wild card, it's no longer early. They've got to be better than what they've been offensively, not just here tonight, but throughout the first half of the season. And that's the bottom line. So I'm I'm at the point, and I think a lot of fans probably are too, where it, it to me it's not where one win, one moment, I can sit here and say this is it. This is the moment. It's got to be each and every night. They've got to do it tomorrow and then do it again on Friday. Do it on Friday. Do it again on Saturday. Do it on Saturday. Do it again on Sunday. So on and so on and so on. That's what it's, what it's about, especially offensively. If they do that, I feel confident this team's going to win a lot of games this summer. If they don't, we'll see. All right, taking a look at the final totals in this game here tonight. Game three of this four-game series in San Francisco. For the Giants, four runs, eight hits, no errors. They left on five. For the Padres, two runs, eight hits, no errors. They left on eight. Winning pitcher was Sean Jelly, well-deserved. Four scoreless innings, improves to two and one. Losing pitcher, you uh, Darvish, who drops to five and six. And the save goes to Camilo Doval, number 20 on the year. Time of game, two hours, 48 minutes. The crowd in San Francisco at Oracle Park, 33,000. 332. As always, if you missed any of our post-game show, you can listen to it on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, on the Odyssey app, or wherever you find your podcasts. For our great studio coordinator, Frank Marchese, I'm Sam Levitt saying so long and good night. Again, the final score, the San Francisco Giants 4 and the San Diego Padres 2. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 1145 on the Padres Radio Network.